Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Jerome Roberts, who's GVP of Marketing at Bloom Global. And today we're going to talk about improving supply chain resilience, how a digital supply chain orchestration platform can help. So, you know, we're nearing the end of 2022 here, and, you know, supply chain logistics executives are busy preparing their strategies and plans and budgets for the, uh, for the year ahead. And one key objective for many of them is improving supply chain resilience, which includes, you know, improving their supply chain visibility capabilities and developing stronger and more transparent relationship with carriers and, and other trading partners. So what actions should companies be taking to achieve these goals and how can technology help? So those are the, you know, the, some of the key questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Jerome on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So Jerome, welcome to the program. Adrian, it's fantastic to be with you today. Um, thanks for the opportunity to share some uh, best practices from our customers and and what we're seeing, so customers can be uh, you know more successful moving forward. Absolutely. Well, Jerome, we've had uh, you know several of your colleagues there at Bloom Global on, on talking logistics before. You're a first time guest, so before we dive into the topic, <laughs> I, I always like to ask first time guests, you know how you got into this industry to begin with, right? I, I, it's, it's always curious, you know, fascinating to me how people kind of wind they, they themselves into, into the supply chain logistics world. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your role and responsibilities are there at Bloom Global? Yeah, absolutely, Adrian. Uh, you know, actually, you know, I feel a little old. I've actually been in, uh, in logistics probably for 28 years now. Um, I started my career very early with uh, UPS, um, had a great opportunity to, uh, you know, work in the international division with UPS during the times of international expansion, um, and also, you know, was around to see from the mid-90s what happened with e-commerce uh, from kind of a small uh, company trying to sell books online, which everybody thought was weird, to now, right, everybody's clicking, you know, online for everything, right? So had an opportunity to, to uh, help customers through that and really change the, uh, the portfolio for the company, but also had an opportunity to uh, work on the supply chain side. And, you know, fortunately, you know, uh, uh, about a year now with Bloom, where I lead uh, uh, product marketing and marketing for the company. Well, that's great. Well, you know, UPS is not a shabby com company to start your uh, supply chain career with, and, and certainly one of the leaders in the uh, in the industry. Yeah. And 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 they've gone through a lot of transformation themselves. You know, as the industry has progressed, as you said, from those early e-commerce days <laughs> to you know the, uh, the 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 realities of, of today's market, which is much more global, much more dynamic, uh, where e-commerce is certainly a, a driving force behind many uh, many of the the trends that we're seeing in the uh, in, in the industry. Um, so, so let's get into the topic right now. I mean, you know, here we are again, October, uh, almost November of, uh, of 2022, 2023 is right around the corner. And, you know, you've got things like inflation, recession, uncertainty, risk. I mean, these are all kind of dark clouds that are kind of swirling overhead as we, you know, close out this year and, and head into 2023. So what should companies be thinking about? What action should they be taking? Um, you know, to strengthen and prepare their supply chain operations for the year ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, Adrian, is, 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 you know, and all, all the viewers know, 
it's been a heck of a time over the last uh, several years, right? Um, you know, I'd be dated if I say, you know, a pandemic, because the reality is we've had the pandemic, we've had, you know, ships stuck in canals, we've had, right, we've had, um, you know, a number of things that have caused, it just wreaked havoc, you know, on supply chains, you know, worldwide, uh, you know, not to mention, um, you know, conflicts that are ongoing uh, with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, now, right, we, we, we're, we're looking down research, recession, which could, you know, wreak havoc on demand curves. So, you know, logisticians and supply chains and companies everywhere are like, you know, it's, it's, it's the planning cycle for 23. You know, what is my demand going to look like? How do I maintain um, our revenue goals, our top line goals, our bottom line goals? And at the center of all of that is always, you know, the very glamorous topic of supply chain. Um, so it's always at the beginning and the end of the solution, usually of both top and, and, and bottom line revenue. So there's there's a few things that I think that, you know, companies that are going to continue to thrive are going to need to do. You know, one, we know that there's tons of technology providers out there. Um, you know, I, I, if we if we had a stroke count on the number of times the word visibility is used, right, and the number of, uh, you know, companies that are seeking to provide you with that visibility, right, uh, we all know that visibility is important. At the end of the day, you can't drive a car without being able to look out the, at the windshield. But what's more important than looking out the windshield is actually turning the wheel right and making the right turns so the action uh is more important so one of the things that that i think we're finding a lot of companies do and, and i'll give you three things this is first is you they really need to streamline their technology solutions i think that uh, a lot of these kind of boutique uh organizations kind of came out of nowhere they're offering you this and that um and the operators uh are increasingly uh, I think frustrated, right? They have to go between two or three different applications, softwares, uh, one for this, one for that. You got a different one for the ocean. Well, wait, I got air. I got last mile. I got to do this, right? So consolidating those systems is really going to make it easier as much as possible for the operators to actually act and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that they see and also mitigate anything in flight. Number two, and yeah, hopefully we can dive into this a little bit uh, later, is the detention and demerge. Um, there's more accessories out there to be uh, had in terms of, you know, reduction. But I think there's a big opportunity as we talk to clients to really dig into that detention and demerge uh, issue. Uh, and there's some low-hanging fruit there, right? There's nothing that's going to nip at profit margins more than not paying attention to what's happening there and being able to, to mitigate that. And then finally, I, I think what we're finding is a lot of our customers, there's a lot of opportunity to optimize costs in terms of their carrier selection, right? Not all carriers are created equal, um, but what you really have to be very cautious of going into this situation with potential recession is you don't want the pendulum to swing too far on the cost side without consideration to customer service. So, 
those are the three things I would say, uh, Adrian, are, are low-hanging fruit that if, you know, organizations are going to be successful moving forward, that they're likely going to be on top of those those three three objectives. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of great points there, and 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 I agree. I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, when, when we were kind of wrapping up 2020, we were saying, okay, it's got to be better in 2021, and then 2021 came, <laughs> and and then it, you know it was, uh, it was a little bit different, but the challenges were still great. And then we said, okay, it's got to be better in 2022, right? And, and here we go uh, again, right? And, and here we go again, right? So I think, I think we've. We've, we've stopped saying it's got to be better. We know it's going to be challenging. We know it's going to be unpredictable. We know it's going to be volatile. And now the question is, you know, how can we best prepare ourselves for, for the, you know, the, that, the famous saying, you know, you got to be prepared for the unexpected, right? Um, and, and I think you're right. I mean, I think, you, you know, uh, on the technology side, you know, certainly uh, analysts, consultants, technology companies, I mean, we've been talking about this move from point application or software applications to this move toward platforms, right? And to, towards... You know, certainly I've been talking about that, you know, the future is not just about software, but it's about software and networks coming together um, and, and the, the kind of the network effects and, and the power of that that's going to help drive the next wave of innovation and, and uh, you know, capabilities. Um, but I want to dive a little bit deeper in some of the things you, you talked about, starting with visibility. Um, you, you know, I've been an industry analyst, so I feel old myself. You know, you said 28 <laughs> years, I'm I'm 23 years, so I'm a little bit behind you. Uh, but every time I say that, I'm like, really, has it been that long? Um, uh, but but visibility has been at the top of the priority list for companies, yeah. you know, for, for 23 years now at least. Yeah. And you know, so it remains a top objective. And, and obviously, like you said, you know, the more blind spots that you have uh in the supply chain, the, the more difficult it is to identify and, and respond to any kind of disruptions or, or changes in the network. So, so let's talk from a from a technology standpoint, you know, from a platform standpoint that we were just talking about. I mean, what is different today in how supply chain visibility is enabled compared to, let's say, a few years ago? I mean, what should companies look for in a solution and a provider? And I, I think that the the million dollar question, which I always hear from from shippers and others, is you know, how can companies derive or how are they deriving business value from from visibility? Yeah, absolutely, and and I think. You know, uh, Provender, our, our CEO, has been on your program a number of times, and uh, um, you know, I think think what he 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 focuses in on is beyond visibility, right? It's like, hey, look, the the end destination was never just visibility, but it was the start. And I do think, and I think most people will agree, you know, if you assess kind of where we are today versus where we were uh, in terms of visibility, maybe three years ago we are in a better place, right? So regardless of the platform you're using or regardless, um, the world was kind of forced into making this a better situation from a visibility standpoint. So let's just chalk that one up as that's good, right? Um, but, you know, what's next, right? How do you actually extract the value, which is, which is the key to your question? And that is how you actually translate the insight from the data and the visibility that you have to actually moving into, well, now, how do I change my planning as a result of this visibility? And re remember, visibility also in, in, includes the, um, the the ETA component, right, which, which varies greatly. So I think that's still kind of, you know, at the, at the beginning, right? And, you know, the promise of machine learning is going to make that even better. Um, but you know, how do you translate that into your plans so that your plans are, are better? You end up getting, you know, better OTIF, you know, rates for your customers.
But then how do you actually take advantage of the data while the merchandise is in transit, transit on whatever leg, leg you know, it's on to actually save money, uh, mitigate expense? We talked about detention and demerage. There's things that you have to do, you know, if things pop up that if you don't take action could be very severe in terms of the profit margin. So it's it's really all about the action, right? So you have to go beyond visibility and you have to get to the action, which has been a little bit harder to do, right? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very popular to say, you know, the first thing you have to do is admit you have a problem before you can do anything, right? I won't, uh, there's many, many areas of that where that can become relevant, but supply chain is the same. So, you know, we have to now understand, now that I know I have the information, what do I do? And I think that the, the key there is now making sure that the practitioners and the operators, um, you know, know, have the information, but they also have access to the tools to take the action, right? So I think that's really the key, Adrian. And um, that's that's really what we're finding with our customers has has been and continues to be the challenge, right? Moving forward. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I wrote a, a a blog post uh, earlier this year, you know, talking about supply chain visibility and and you know whether it was a a solution or was it a feature of a of a of a solution, right? And and I kind of boiled it down. You know, if you've got supply chain visibility, but you don't have transportation management, warehouse management, yard management, software capabilities, optimization capabilities, uh, workflow ex execution capabilities. I mean, uh, you're not going to get the value because ultimately, to your point, um, you know, it's not just about seeing through the uh, the windshield of the car and see what's up ahead. It's being able to actually then, you know, turn that steering wheel uh, when the supply chain contacts is being able, hey, can you feed that insight, that data, that um, that, that, that analysis that's taking place? Can you feed that then to a, you know, transportation capability, management capabilities or warehouse management capabilities or yard management capabilities mm -hmm. to drive some actions and decision-making um, and, and then automate and streamline some of those, uh, you know, some of those actions. So uh, if you've got visibility, but you're still working with uh, spreadsheets, uh, uh, that's not going to help you very much. If you've got visibility, but you're not connected effectively with your trading partners to be able to communicate, um, you know, changes in plans or, or things like that, um, you know, that's going to limit the, uh, you know, the success there as well. Um, so, so I think that's, that, that's a key point is, uh, you know, it's, it's the ability to do right. And, and that's where I think the, a lot of the yeah. software applications come in that, that reside on the platform. Well, Adrian, Adrian, I, I mean, one of the, I, I had someone uh, make a comment uh, to me when we were talking about this, that, that I think is, is brilliant. You know, the spreadsheet is where opportunity goes to die. <laughs> right it's like okay well yeah you got the spreadsheet you got all the data but is that where you need the data and you need the information you actually need to be taking action on that right so so the spreadsheet is nice but you really should have that in a digital operating you know a system where you can actually get the triggers you can take the action and operators can really you know make the moves in real time based on the information and not have to go jumble through you you know the the thirty six uh, sheet you know workbook and you know go to tab number three and do the drop down number six and you know try to find out what what the heck is going on right exactly <laughs> that's a, I, I I like that I think a corollary to that is that it's also <laughs> you know you, you're also a lot of sometimes 
that action knowledge is in the head of a particular individual, right? And That's I think right. as we learned a lot during the uh, pandemic, you know, if that individual is sick and is not in the office or uh, he or she leaves the company, you know, so there's a lot of institutional knowledge that's just, you know, stored in someone's, you know, right. mind just from their years of experience. But, uh, you know, ultimately people move on and, and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, so being able to, you know, put that intelligence and that knowledge within the platform so that it becomes kind of independent of any one person, I think is also that's right. know, an important part of this as well. well. Every organization has, you know, the, their supply chain oracle, right? Which works great, you know, as long as the person is there. But, you know, look, you know, God forbid you take a PTO or you get sick and then all of a sudden your customers are like, what, what, what's going on? I'm not getting anything, right? So so when are we going to get Joe back in the office, right? It's like, okay, yeah, that's not, that's, that's not a sustainable solution, right? Exactly. Not sustainable, not scalable either, obviously. <laughs> exactly. So so let's let's talk to the other point that you brought up before, you know, uh, you know, ocean shipping, I mean, has arguably of all the modes, you know, has received the most attention over the past two years because of all the delays and the disruptions and, and so forth. And, and the tension to merge fees, which which you brought up are, are among the hot topics, especially considering the uh, the changes from from uh, Osra 22. I mean, Again, right. maybe maybe uh, talk a little bit about that. You know what what changes that that that's brought, and and then how can technology again help yeah. avoid or mitigate these uh, these fees? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that. I mean, I, I can tell you what um, I don't think that people really understand. Kind of, you know, what's going on in this space. You know, so first of all, this is kind of level set, right? The Ocean Shipping and Reform Act in June. Uh, you know that. President Biden uh, signed was actually a good thing for BCOs, right? It does kind of three things. The first thing is, you know, it directs the FMC to take, you know, action to investigate kind of what's going on with the reasonableness, you know, of, of the of the charges that the ocean carriers are put in place. And then secondly, you know, it, it actually shifts the burden of proof, you know, from the BCO to the ocean carrier for those reasonableness uh, challenges. And then third, right, it really, it now requires specific items on the invoice so that people can actually discern the details behind what's happening here. So first of all, it's the education piece to kind of understand. So yes, it was a really good thing for the BCOs, the shippers. Um, you know, we could get it, it, it could be a debate on, okay, was what was going on there, right, to kind of prompt that to happen. But at the end of the day, it's meant to be a good thing. But the but the macro point that should come out of that is everyone needs to understand kind of the the micro details as to what's going on there because that's that is there's a lot of money organizations can save that will go straight to their bottom lines if they pay the right attention to this to this item, right? So when you talk about the technology, right, technology solutions that are out there um uh that i am specifically aware of uh will allow uh, you know the bco as, as a matter of fact you know bloom has pr pr uh solutions for the carriers themselves right the uh the dra the draymen that are out there to be able to invoice properly so they don't get into legal trouble right because that is a possibility now it's a real possibility if if uh, carriers are not compliant there but then BCOs have the opportunity with this additional information and foresight to actually make different decisions 
um, you know, to avoid these charges. You know, one one thing that we always, um, you know, provide to our customers is Bloom Maps, which allows you to see, you know, what is going on at a terminal in terms of, you know, the wait times or uh, the different statistics and, and the health of that location, right? Having that information and planning that appropriately um, is huge low-hanging fruit, right? So being in compliance and understanding all of the different benefits coming out of the, uh, you know, OSRA, as well as having a dashboard that gives you the foresight of all of your shipments while they are in uh, transit, which ones are at risk, which ones are currently booking the fees, and then actually assigning to your operators in real time, taking action on that is really going to, uh, the, the organizations that come out uh, of, of, of this more successfully, better than their competitors, are going to be paying attention to that. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, not yeah. That that that's a great point. I mean, there's so much focus, and it's the same thing also with you know with on the trucking side as well. I mean, there's so much focus on the on the rates side of things, right? But there's a lot of money that's perhaps being left on the table with some of these detention and the merge, you know, fees. And you know, you're right. I mean, this has been particularly over the past two years has been a. Uh, um, you know, an area that a lot of shippers, BCOs have been complaining about because, you know, some of these fees have been, you know, uh, astronomical and there was no rhyme or reason or explanation in terms of how they were derived and, and so on and so forth. Exactly. So so this is an area that I think um, now there's some regulation associated with it um, and the ability to manage this aspect of it successfully, in addition to obviously the the, the the regular procurement around capa securing capacity and rates that's important right. but I think your point is don't lose sight of this aspect as well because this this could potentially be significant to your bottom line if you if you have the visibility to it you've got the data associated with it it can take you know appropriate action to to mitigate it I mean we know uh, it, customers who've had you know 100 increases 200 increases as a result right and they just really didn't even know what to do with it Right. They they and, and by the way, they're 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 not sitting around just, you know, waiting for this issue. They're they're highly busy just, you know, staying afloat. So, you know, having the right tools in place um is extremely important so that you can actually, you know, systematize, you know, the the remedy and mitigation of it in the course of all the regular activities that you're doing with your supply chain. So Right, right. Well let's let's Kind of shift a little bit of gears here and, and and talk about the relationship side of things because I think you you brought that up as well and, and certainly you know we we conducted some research with our Indigo supply chain research community, um, the executives in that community which are from manufacturing retail and distribution companies, and, and one of the things that um, you know we, we asked them about you know what actions are going to take to make your supply chains more resilient and one of the things that came up on top was developing stronger and more transparent relationships with their suppliers, with their carriers, mm -hmm. and, and other trading partners. I mean, why, particularly as it pertains to the logistics side, the, the transportation side, I mean, why is this important? Mm -hmm. And, and what, are the, what are the benefits of really, you know, thinking intelligently and thinking through, you know, what it means to have strong relationships with carriers? Well, I mean, as you, as you know, Adrian, right, if you go back kind of to the beginning of the pandemic, um, you know, there was a lot of blind spots, 
uh, in the interior, you know, uh, supplier kind of kind of uh, infrastructure of supply chains, right? When an area would shut down because they needed to, you know, mitigate uh, COVID, um, you know, the lack of transparency uh, within that supplier network ended up obviously having a, a devastating effect, you know, through rights to bullwhip effect, you know, through you know the the ability for that organization to to sustain in, inventory throughput, right? Uh, especially manufacturers, right? Uh, they could have you know end tier suppliers that uh, they would have clear clearer visibility to the first tier, but then when you go beyond that, when you go to raw materials, uh, it was just a dark spot, right? So you know one of the things that you know, Bloom recognized um, it, as a result of, of the recognition, you know, we made an acquisition uh, last year and now we have capability uh, for sourcing technology and, and um, you know, order management and those types of technologies right on the platform, right? So when you talk about integrating that technology in, having that right next to your visibility and logistics capabilities is key. So when you talk about the relationships, you you if if the organizations don't have it right now, they really need to shore up um, their front end supplier visibility network and and order management and and uh, item visibility, incorporate item visibility into their their uh, uh, their capabilities, which will allow them to actually not only mitigate those things in real time, but also identify vulnerabilities so that if they need to put redundancies, right, and have alternative suppliers in the network, that's where the resiliency starts to get built in, right? So if you're, if you're able to leverage the technology to get uh, visibility uh, and have all of those suppliers participating on the platform, that's where the collaboration takes place. So you can both understand and set up resiliency with redundancy, but also in flight, be able to mitigate that in real time by switching once you find that a node or a, um, a second tier provider may be shut down, which continues to be a risk. I mean, we have this conflict going on, right? Um, you know, I don't have to tell you, you know, the the implications of, of what's happening in many, many facets because of that and that alone. But, you know, that continues to to be an uncertain question mark and uh, could bubble to other areas uh, of uh, that are main supply uh, areas in terms of raw materials and other things. So now more than ever, especially depending on what it is that you sell, uh, you probably need to shore that up if you don't you know, have the capabilities strong on the front end of your supply chain technology. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, for, for, for years, you know, we talked about the importance of becoming more demand driven. And I think over the past year and a half, you know, a lot of the companies I talked to, if not the majority of them saying, you know, we're, we're actually supply driven right now because, you know, we have to have visibility of what's coming in. We're, we're, we're supply constrained, right? So we can only build, and sell what we have, right? And, and and we can only build based on what materials and components are, are actually coming in. Um, and that's what we have to kind of promote to clients is, you know, the, 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 the goods, not necessarily the goods that they may want, 
but the goods that we're actually able to procure and and exactly. and, and produce. Um, so I think that ties in perfectly to, to everything you were just talking about in terms of having that visibility to the supply base, having that visibility to incoming orders, and whether it's to a manufacturing uh, facility um, or, or it's you know inbound to uh, you know a retailer, um, you know the, the supply piece has become you know critically uh, important. It's become a constraint in uh, in the supply chain arena. Um, exactly. So, so Jerome, as as a way to you know to wrap up, I mean, we covered a lot of ground, uh, you know, today, and I think we could probably easily speak for another hour or two. But maybe as a way to kind of tie everything together, I mean, what do you think is the biggest lesson learned for supply chain executives from the past two years that they should apply, you know, moving forward? Yeah, so I, I think I, I can I can sum it up probably in in, in two words. Um, uh, and, and I'll elaborate on the two words, but I'll say 100% digital, right? 100% digital. Um, and, you know, when you, when you kind of, uh, uh, you know, unpack that, there's a lot there in those two words. Um, but kind of talking, you know, summarizing kind of what we've talked about, you know, during this session, um, all of the solutions are basically taking things that were analog before phone calls I was making, believe it or not, I think in some, some areas you still got faxes going on, right? Um, you've got paper, you've got spreadsheets, people are getting lost in. Um, but, you know, help is on the way, help is here. And that is making sure that you leverage, you know, a digital platform that's able to capture, you know, from the front end sourcing piece to the visibility component, to the logistics execution, the booking, uh, and then all the way in through the distribution and the last mile, right? Being able to actually, you know, we talk a lot about the digital twin, you know, sometimes you have all these buzzwords that, you know, people start repeating, but do they really know, you know, what does it all mean? And, you know, I, I think the point of arrival, right, is when you can seamlessly orchestrate the beginning and end of your supply chain, 100% digitally with um, predictive ETAs, with alerts and triggers, being able to take action all the way through and then rinse and repeat, right? It, it's easy to say those two words, probably harder to do with all, um, all, all, all respect, uh, you know, to the practitioners out there. Uh, but I think that's the point of arrival, right? And, and, and it goes back to beyond visibility, right? So um, I, that's that's what I would leave leave everyone with, um, uh, Adrian. You know, that's that that's a, I, I like that point of arrival uh, definition or, or or vision. I think that is you know where a lot of companies are, are looking to get to. Um, you know, we we talk so much, you know, in, in the past few years about digital transformation, the importance of digital transformation. And I think, you know, to your point, I mean, sometimes these are just buzzwords or people hear it and they're like, well, you're, they're all so busy in the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, that, um, you know, that just seems like such a big Herculean task, to, you know, to do. Uh, but if there's been one positive out of the pandemic and, and the ripple effects of everything that's happened since is that companies recognize that, hey, you know what, it's, it really is time to walk the talk on this digital transformation exactly. because, um, you know, we, we can't get by anymore with spreadsheets, with faxes, with having, you know, uh, um, you know, a disparate number of systems and, and so on and so forth. Don't forget um, about the supply chain oracle. 
right? In the supply chain or <laughs> in the supply chain <laughs> oracle as well. That's right. So, so I, I, th I think that is a, you know, a good, um, uh, a, a good lesson learned and a, and a good, uh, you know, vision for where companies need to be thinking as, as they move forward to into, into 2023 and beyond. Uh, so Jerome, again, thank you for making the time, uh, you know, to be with us today. Again, provide some great insights and advice on this topic. And certainly we'd love to have you back in, on the program down the road, uh, you know, touch, you know, go deeper into some of these topics or, you know, who knows, there might be some things like, as we've already learned, there might be some unexpected things that will pop up in the in the weeks and months ahead that will, will provide some great food for food for hey, thought and conversation. <laughs> I think it's pretty much a guarantee, Adrian. So I think you're you right. Know, this is this is an ongoing, you know, we'll just help each other through this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Bloom Global website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Jerome, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.